booklet's going to be up on the screen. I, I didn't put it. I, I've got a lot of it in here. But I really want you to go read the book of Ruth. It's, it's not a long book. It's really not. It'll take you about 20 minutes to read it. But if you look in your bulletin on the, the left-hand side there, on the top, it says, Your relationship with God will set the tone of every other relationship in your life. Think about that for a second. Your relationship with God will set the tone of every other relationship in your life. In, in society today, with, with everything being as crazy as it is, and, and, you know, I think a lot of the problems that we face today would be fixed if we just fixed our eyes on Him. If we just fixed our eyes on Him. Because look at the rest of it. Fix your eyes on Him and watch how it changes things. I wrote this paragraph in the middle of that. And, and you know, I think about this a lot. You know, as a pastor, you deal with people. It's kind of what you do for a living, you know. Uh, other than preach, you deal with people. Uh, somebody told me a long time ago, ministry is great until you add people. Wait a minute, it's not ministry if there's no people. Dang. <laughs> you deal with a lot of things with people and problems and, and all these different things, but the one thing that has always amazed me is, is certain people are drama magnets. I don't know how else to put it, honestly. They are just drama magnets. Is that a, is that a valid <laughs> assumption? Uh, am I looking at this properly? And, and look what I wrote right here. It amazes me how many people I run into that are struggling with drama in their life. It seems like every relationship they have begins, ends, exists with drama. Why is it that drama is always looking for them? Do we know anybody like that? I'm not going to have you raise your hand if that's you. So we're not doing that today so you can feel safe. Safe in the house. This is a safe house today. Hallelujah. Drama. Where, where is it at? It seems like every relationship they have begins, ends, and exists around drama. I'm like, how? How? They get out of one relationship, they go to another relationship, and it's the same thing. And I'm like, Lord, how do I help these people? Because they just don't seem to know how to function without drama. You know, I, I don't know. I wonder if it has anything to do with the relationships they are drawn to. Ooh. Hmm. They're always looking for relationships, and they've never been satisfied. Maybe so. What if they spent more time looking for and building a relationship with God? I wonder how it would change their view of the other relationships they have. It might even unfriend some drama in their life. <laughs> Had to put that, you know, Facebook. Definitely worth a try if you ask me. <laughs> I I've got family members that, that you watch their Facebook page and it's just like, how do you go from one drama to the next? How do you go from one bad relationship to the next? How is it your life is always a wreck? I've got bad things that happen to me. I've had bad things that happen to me through my life. But I'm not a magnet for it. You know, I, I don't know what the deal is. And, and when, when drama comes around, I try to get rid of it. I, I've defriended, unfriended, kicked off more people on Facebook this week. Because I just got tired of hearing it. Just got tired of hearing it. I, I get tired of hearing the negativity all the time. I get tired of hearing about, oh, how bad my life is. And I'm like, your life can't be this bad. It can't be this bad all the time. I know you. 
But can I be honest with you? A, a lot of the drama I see on social media comes from Christians. Christians. And I'm like, how? I don't like drama. <laughs> if I didn't have to have social media, I, I would definitely not have drama. So I, I want to talk to you today about relationships because relationships are very important. Can I tell you that you probably have some friends you need to unfriend? And I'm not talking about social media. Can I tell you, you've got some friends. Can I tell you as a pastor, I blocked somebody the other day in my phone? Hallelujah. And I sleep better at night. I would wake up at 6 in the morning with hateful text messages. And all I've ever done is try to help this person. And at one minute, I'm, I'm the worst person on the planet. They can't believe I'm even a believer, but yet they're a believer. And in the next minute, they're thanking me for things. And it went on for months, and I showed it to the board for accountability to say, listen, look what's going on, man. And finally, I was I'm done. And then I run into the person in Walmart, and they talk bad about me. I'm like, whatever. You go live at your house. I'm going to go live at mine because all I've done is try to love you. But I can tell you there are relationships that are not healthy for you. And you can try all you want to love them. You can try all you want to help them, but they are just going to pull you down. They're just going to pull you into the drama of their life. Yeah, but we're supposed to love on people. I do. I do. But you know what? After three years of pouring everything you have into somebody and they still treat you this way, at one point I have to give them to God and say, God, I just can't. They're not responding to me anymore. Maybe you can bring somebody else along their path, Jesus. <laughs> right? You see, and so in the book of Ruth, we see a picture of a relationship that was a healthy relationship. Of course, we could jump over to the book of Job and very quickly see some not-so-healthy relationships. Sometimes those relationships are married to you. I'm not saying go divorce them. I'm not saying it. But sometimes you have to get a, have a conversation, right? You know, if you, if you read over in the book of Job, you know, his, his wife was just like, curse God and die. Woman, you know, they had to have a conversation about that, you know. And, and, and they had a conversation about that, and God ended up working it out. But, but Ruth is a, is a story of a relationship that it was beneficial for both of them. Can I tell you, relationships should be beneficial for both of you? Relationships are, are two-way streets. I, I had to tell this to a friend of mine one time. We had been friends for many years, and, and once I moved away, I had to make all the phone calls. You know what I finally told him? I'm not going to call you anymore. Because a relationship is a two-way street. And if you don't ever reach out to me, I'm the only one trying to hold a relationship together. And they do call me now because they realize that it takes energy, right? Just like a marriage, it takes energy from both parties to build. It's any relationship you have takes work. I have relationships with people that, that I'm fostering a relationship because we both know that it's beneficial for us to have this relationship, to be friends. And so we make sure we contact each other. We make sure because we know God wants us to be friends because God is doing something with our friendship. But through the years, you're going to have some friendships that are going to go away, aren't you? And you're going to have new ones. And, you know, I tried to talk to some, some buddies that when I was in the military, 
and uh, one of the guys I was really close to, and you know what I found out? We have nothing in common but the Navy. <laughs> nothing. So guess what I didn't do? Didn't try to foster that relationship anymore. All right? I let it go. So look at the book of Ruth. I want you to open up the book of Ruth and go to chapter 2. Well, actually, chapter 1, verse 10. I'm reading out of my, my old King James today, so it may seem a little old. Just let me open it up in my NIV. I've got my other Bible up here with me, and it's old King James, and I don't want to freak y'all out. It's like the 1800 King James. Yeah. So, there we go. Let me change this to NIV. Look at about verse 10. Let's see, where is it at? No, actually, uh, go back up to verse 6. I'm going to read this with you. Verse 6. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she said to her daughter-in-laws, look at this, prepare to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-laws, go back, each one of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant you each the will, find rest in your home and another husband. See, the husbands had died. Her sons had died. So that relationship had been broken, but they had fostered a relationship with Naomi, the mother-in-law. So they had a good relationship with their mother-in-law, which is kind of odd, I guess, in itself today, you know. But I don't know. My, my wife gets along great with my mom. But if you look at this, she's trying to tell them, go home. Go home. But look right here. Verse 9. May the Lord grant each of you the rest in the home and another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, verse 10, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons? Who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if, if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to a son, look at verse 13, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is, my, it is more bitter for me that you, for, than for you because the Lord's hands have turned against me. In verse 14, and this, they wept aloud, saying, Then Orpah kissed his mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. See, one went with the blessing. That was a healthy relationship that, right, broke. But then we have the other side of it that she said, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. And this, this is the one. 15, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. She knew there was a relationship there, a healthy relationship. Flip over to the beginning of verse uh, chapter 2. Now we see the benefits of the relationship. Because what would have happened to, to Ruth? She could have went back, right, found another husband and done all these things. Sometimes we, we get into relationships and we don't like what we have here or this relationship ends. And we go looking for the next relationship. I know people that just cannot be alone. Is that the easiest way to put that? I, I know of, of, of a girl that I dated many years ago that 
when I went to the military, she went and found somebody else, but didn't tell me about it. <laughs> she couldn't be alone, right? That didn't sit well with me, so I had to get rid of that relationship, right? Yeah, of course, she got rid of that relationship. You know, she's been married like four times. Thank God I didn't stay with that relationship and try to force something. God knew better even before I was saved, right? You see what I'm saying? If, if I look back at some of those possible mistakes in my life, <laughs> and I could have forced a relationship there. I could have forced things to happen, right? But no, God had a better plan for my life, and I just had to wait for it to unfold and not force it. And, and this year will be 25 years we've been married, you see? And, and when we look at a lot of our friends, a lot of, of Wendy's friends, they've been married multiple times and this. And but here we are, we're like, well, what made ours any different? Well, number one, we never tried to force the relationship. We let God build it. But God's always been the center of it. Because after we got married, within two years, we were in church. And, tr and God has been the center of our relationship ever since. You see, we've, we've tried to keep that there. But look at the beginning of Ruth chapter 2. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man who stands from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite, and to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favor. But look, Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to, to glean. So she went in and started gleaning, which looks like now she's on the bottom, right? Because she is going behind the grain, the people that are cutting the grain, taking the leftovers. But God says, no, I got this. You just have to relax and let me work the path. Let me work it, okay? So she does this. Look at verse 4. Just in Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer, who does this young woman belong to? Mm. See how God is already setting this up? He's already setting up the relationship that's supposed to be there. Not an unhealthy relationship. But here's the thing. Because of the relationship between Naomi and Ruth, if we go to chapter 3 to the beginning... Now Naomi starts telling Ruth what to do to foster the relationship. And in the end, she finds the husband, right? And she finds the husband who is well off, and she gets all of the things. And You see, relationships can be good. They can be bad. But when we force it, I believe it's most of the time going to turn out bad. But if we will trust God to strip out the relationships we don't need. Look at your life and figure out, who is it that you just don't need to be there? God, if there are people in my life that doesn't need to be there, then take it away. If there are people in my lives I need, then bring them and let me have the relationship. Why? Because both of you are going to benefit from that relationship. You see, she benefited from this relationship with Naomi, right? Naomi and Ruth had the relationship it brought her to Boaz. Boaz ended up liking Ruth. They ended up getting married. So they both benefited. You see how it works? Relationships should be beneficial. Relationships should not always be pulling you backwards. Pulling you backwards. So like I asked in this right here. 
Your relationship with God will set the tone of every other relationship if you fix your eyes on Him. If you fix your eyes on Him. What relationships do you have in your life that need to go? What relationships? What relationships do we have that, that if we sit there today, do we need to block? We need to unfriend? We need to turn away from? We, whatever you want to call it. Put their number as spam if you have to. What kind of relationships do we have? Because if we're going to continue to walk with, with the things that are going on in the world, do you want people around you that are going to be telling you how bad it is all the time and that you're never going to make it? Or do you want people around you that are going to say, hey, man, God is on your side. You see, we want to have friends that tell us what we want to hear. I like friends that tell me what I want to hear. But I really like friends more that are going to tell me what I don't want to hear. Because I don't really consider a person a friend that all they're ever going to do is tell me what I want to hear. That's not a friend. If I'm fixing to step off of a cliff, I don't want my friend to say, man, that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> but we have friends like that. We have relationships like that. I don't want that kind of relationship. I want relationships that are going to push me deeper into the things of God. They're going to help hold me accountable. Why? Because I want to experience more of God to, tomorrow than I do today. So we've got to find relationships. And that's why it's, it's, it's important to find a church where, where there's relationships going on in the church between you and other people that are pushing you, that are helping you to become better. If the only relationship you have with the church is, is come next Sunday. Given the offering, honestly, that's not much of a relationship. I told that to a person one time. They, they were going to come and visit, but they were only going to come and visit when they preached. And I said, well, if the only reason you come and visit is when you preach, that's not a relationship. That's a business deal. If the only reason we have those people in our lives is what we can get out of them, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. So I didn't have a whole lot to share this morning regardless of all of this stuff, other than God has just been really stretching me with relationships, and I wanted to bring that to you. And if you read through, again, I want you to read through the book of, of Ruth. I'm trying to find the end of it for it. Read through the book of Ruth and see the fact that how this, this relationship, how beneficial this relationship was. Flip to the chapter 4 of Ruth. To the very end down there, verse 22. See, God had his hand in this relationship even when it looked like there was death and destruction when the husbands died, right? We could say, oh, that was, that was bad, which it was. But when we look here, look at verse 22. Verse 18 to 22 is the genealogy of King David. Wait a minute, we're in the book of Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David. Hmm, interesting. Because of her relationship with Boaz, she now becomes a part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. God put her into that because he had a purpose for her. You see, here we have Boaz was in the genealogy of King David, King David being in a genealogy of Jesus. See, we don't know where God needs us, where God wants to use us. But now we see the fact 
Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David. She conceived a son who became part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. See how important relationships can be? We don't know sometimes. We don't know. But if we will trust God with the relationships, I know this much. There are people that are not in my life today. I was sad to see them go, but I am much better off. As sad as that is. Sad as that is. Amen. So let's focus on, on the relationships around us and let's pluck out the weeds. <laughs> let's pluck out the weeds. I don't know how else to put it. Um, uh, is that hell? Okay, yeah, you're laughing, but you understand what I'm saying. Because the weeds will kill everything else. And my relationship with the Father is the most important thing. And if I allow weeds to grow around me, am I going to have a healthy relationship with him? No. And then I won't have a healthy relationship with my wife. And then I won't have, because it, it goes downhill, guys. It goes downhill. Most important relationship I have is with God the Father. Second, being my wife. And if that's not right, it's going to mess this up. And then it's going to keep going downhill. Amen. Let me pray for us this morning, and, and we can hang out and visit if y'all want to, or y'all can go eat lunch early. I don't know. We'll beat the Baptist this morning. No, I'm just picking. I love my Baptist brothers. Father, I thank you for, for this time we get to be together today. Lord, I thank you for challenging us with relationships, God, because I know that it is very important we're you know, we live in a Cajun culture where relationships are important. We always want to be feeding each other and hugging on each other and, and just doing things, doing life together because that's who we are. That's our culture. But, Lord, there are some relationships that we need to have plucked out just like a weed. Lord, identify the things in our lives that are, that are unhealthy for us. They're unhealthy, God. Identify those things and help us. No matter what it is, God, help us. Because we need to be healthy. We need to have our relationship with you first and foremost. The most important thing in our lives. And whatever else is in our life that's distracting or pulling away of our time. Whatever those things are, God. If they're unhealthy, ungodly, pluck them out. Remove them just like you did with the storm, God. Remove the trash. And help us make relationships that are going to encourage us and strengthen us. They're going to edify us when time. They're going to correct us. Whatever needs to be, Lord, bring us good, godly relationships, strong and healthy relationships that will draw us closer to you. And, Lord, I pray for, the, for those that are not able to be here today. I know there's some sickness going on. Lord, I speak life and health into their bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord, by your stripes we are healed, and I release that today. And, Lord, I pray for those that are still without power, Lord, and, and seem to be struggling right now. I just pray that hope would come to them. People would come to them that can bring hope. Let them foster relationships today, Lord, with people that can help them and help their lives be, get back on track again. And, Lord, I pray that, that you would just continue to be glorified through all of this time. And let us just find people to minister to as we leave here today. And, Lord, I bless your people. I bless them, and I just pray a hedge of protection over them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if you agree with that this morning, I want to say amen.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you if you're online. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully it turned out pretty good. We, we were using our uh, cell phone as a hotspot. And we'll see you back here Wednesday. Amen. Hey, guys, listen, I love you. Thank you for coming to church today. Uh, again, I didn't plan on something long to begin with. It's I just, God's been dealing with me on relationships, and I figured, okay, let me share it.